All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Blow File Podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker, back on a very patriotic day. Yeah. We're recording on the evening of July 4th. We're back in Tucker's backyard, and there are fireworks. <laughs> if you if you if it sounds like we're in Fallujah, there's a reason. Okay, so we apologize if that kind of uh, goes it a little really nuts, but it is what it is. We live in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love explosives. So, but we've been off for close to a month, so we've got a lot that we want to catch up on. We're going to try and um, kind of get through through. We yeah. wanted to kind of talk about Lamar, obviously. Um, uh, the formula one season thus far kind of a wild race in chicago for nascar yeah. really kind of a, a a unique event and then maybe a little bit of tease of something to come yeah so that's good so this year was the 100th running of Le Mans. huge deal for all the teams involved obviously yeah. um you know the they, germans love their numbers yes exactly <laughs> porsche's 75th anniversary porsche's 75th anniversary they were doing a lot of um, yeah, they were events around them all. Yeah, they had a lot of sponsorship going out. Yeah, so track. this was also the first year of the hypercar class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were back. Yeah, yeah. LMH, LMDH, and LMH. Uh, so you had Porsche, Cadillac, Peugeot, which yeah. uh, obviously the home favorite. Toyota, um, Toyota, which has been they, dominant yeah. at Le Mans as well as in just in general in um, the World Endurance Ch- uh, Championship. Um, Ferrari and Ferrari. So Ferrari returning to Le Mans for the first time in fifty years. Um, They haven't won it even longer. Yeah. So they had basically, uh, despite having a lot of success there over the years, had had kind of focused on their one program. It is an expensive endeavor. Yeah, very expensive. Yeah, and I do kind of wonder a little bit if these companies. Obviously, there was some negotiation in the background to bring down costs because Mm -hmm. it was like right. prohibitive for them to even yeah, like, I mean, get into it. All these so they can customize their car to some degree, obviously, but the chassis are all made by Delara, I believe. So there's some like cost savings. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um the other interesting thing that I heard uh someone talking about was a lot of the people going back into endurance racing, especially Ferrari, this probably is actually trickle down from the cost caps in F1. So imagine you're Ferrari, you have a bunch of very good engineers that have a lot of knowledge about how you do things. I never thought about this. You it don't want a lot of sense. You though. don't want to fire them because then they go to your rivals. Yeah, but you also don't need to spend a billion. But you can't spend yeah. you you you're not allowed to spend yeah. money. So what do they do? Interesting. They say, Hey, instead of you know laying you off, you're gonna go work on our Lamal hypercar. Very cool. So so it's it's kind of an interesting outcome from those cost cap measures you know and also when you look at like the years of audi's dominance at Le Mans with the tdi system um perhaps some of this is where you have these kind of technical transitions yeah and right you know here where we're, we're we are really seeming to push more into the evs yeah, the hybrid, hybrid tech power, yeah, powertrains, um, kind of filtering down also in into like their you know rumors of the nine nine two dot two having a hybrid system. Where right, they're actually starting to get pushed out more frequently into mass, more mass production cars instead of niche stuff. Yeah, so probably makes sense. Like if we're gonna have to build that, yeah, let's build it in such a way that we prove it's 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 a very reliable, yeah, platform. It's mm-hmm. reliable. Yeah. yeah, I mean that, and that's something that you know has been 
since the early days of Le Mans has been the selling point for manufacturers to go mm-hmm. there is like if you can yeah. show your cars can last I, for 24 hours yeah yeah take the beating i swear and i i don't want to get black pearls here but i'm mm-hmm. one of the casters when i was watching it said something to the effect that i think it was like the first race at Le Mans mm-hmm. was like take a guess what the technology that they were showcasing Oh, was it headlamps? It was like windscreens. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I swear that. Yeah, I heard somebody say that. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was the first one. It's one of the early ones. Yeah, that's like, cool. Okay. Yeah, we're really starting starting yeah. from scratch. Wait, yeah, it's it's one, well, and they you know headlights became a big thing, obviously because they're running in the dark for half the race. Yeah, um, yeah, and so it it was a huge huge year to say the least um Peugeot every and it everybody was actually pretty competitive good. Yeah, everybody, was, everybody looked good. they kind of all had their moments mm-hmm. um the uh Toyota actually looked like they were kind of going to come the, back and challenge a little yeah, bit but yeah. then the driver uh he hit like a squirrel yeah something <laughs> happened in that turn and yeah. you know got spun out I Maybe touched a wall or something, yeah. and it was like okay, he had to come in for repairs. Yeah, that was it. Um, so ultimately, Ferrari won yeah, on their yeah, first yeah. time back to Le Mans in fifty years. You know, and I mean, to be completely honest with you, everything was kind of, at least from a, at least my expectations was kind of flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Like I did not expect. I knew Ferrari can put together a good car. Yeah, I've seen them do that in Formula One, but I did not expect them to have the reliability. No, that they did in that race, and in fact. The group who I kind of thought would be a little bit more reliable, yeah. Porsche, seemed to really kind of flame out. Yeah, yeah. At this thing for the amount of effort I, and yeah, I can the, only the imagine that they had. Well, and their Porsche as a manufacturer is the most successful manufacturer yeah. at Le Mans in terms of overall wins. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about their GT car program, like, exactly. Yeah, incredibly successful. Great with that. So it it was. Or they weren't happy with it either. No, I don't envy the boardroom uh, that next day because they put in a ton of resources. They debuted their new. They're calling it a concept, but what it was a yeah, kind of a preview of their yeah, next kind of Halo supercar. The, the mission. Act. The mission act. Yeah. And and then to basically kind of totally paid. shit the bed. Yeah. I, I unfortunate. Yeah. And and the thing was though, like leading up to this, some of the IMSA races were kind of hinting that they were not like do- right. a dominant force. Like, yeah. They had yeah. had some powertrain failures in some of those races. So I, yeah. I did kind of know going into this, like, and, and on the flip side, there were kind of signs that Ferrari might put up a fight. They did really well at Daytona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess, uh, and and they're going to come back. So, I mean, there's yeah. room to grow. I'm sure, I'm sure probably next year they'll get things more dialed in. Yeah. I have no doubt. And, and, you know, it, I'm actually still really. We're gonna go. We're gonna see an IMSA race at Road America in early yeah. August. And you can text me that the nine six three is gonna yeah. be there. Which, by the way, when I um, I showed up to a Home Depot run a little early mm-hmm. one morning, and and because I'm just up at the ass crack dawn with my kids now. Yeah. And so I show up. It's not open because mm-hmm. it's Sunday. And so I'm like, why aren't these guys open at like five a.m.? So yeah. I'm like, okay, I gotta do something because i had my daughter with me and so i was like let's go to target we went over and i bought a lego 963 (laughs) to kill some time (laughs) haven't had any time to put it together but it's in a box ready it's waiting (laughs) yeah the um so i'm excited to see that 
uh, yeah, there was a Jalopnik article basically saying like this is one of the most competitive, yeah, some great interesting racing. IMSA yeah. racing uh, there's been in, in recent years. And so, yeah, and Road America is an amazing track to see it. So, yeah, we actually we we splurged a little and got some nice good tickets, tickets. Yeah. so we should have some good access. Food, drinks, yeah. access to the pit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It should be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so. it should be a lot of fun. So um it was it was actually a really fun race. I I'll be honest, I haven't really followed Le Mans all that closely. No, because, me either, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you had Audi's dominant dominant. Exactly. Group, that D- that was basically the last time I was plugged in. Yeah. Yeah. When they were running the diesels. diesels yeah. And then Toyota came in filthy in the filthy hybrid era. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Toyota comes in, and they've just been absolutely dominant. Yeah. So they were really upset, you know, to, yeah. to not win. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is, um, back when I was a, a teenager, I think maybe maybe it was like middle school. I can't quite remember when the. I think it was teenager when the Audis were running in yeah. Le Mans. I'd stay up for chunks at night just to watch. For oh yeah, kind of entertainment. Yeah, and I just was reflecting on the other night when I was watching because we've got a newborn, and so our butts are awake mm-hmm. in the middle of the night anyways and so i'm sitting there bouncing on a ball you know with my six week old i'm like boy times have changed yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like but when i watch this with a bag of cheetos in my life in Mountain Dew, <laughs> yeah no responsibility yeah. now i'm changing diapers yeah, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh it was really fun to kind of watch i watched you know some pretty good chunks of it What's amazing to me is the announcers really kept up. It's not that there's not a lot going on, but I figured, you know, the well probably runs dry at some point. But the announcers <laughs> were really good. And and they don't, they did kind of rotate and out yeah, in yeah. and out of it. But the, the commentary was really, really good, really insightful. Um, and it was fun seeing the Ferrari kind of trundle down. Uh, the pit lane after they won, and everyone's you know yeah, yeah. cheering, and this pretty cool. The other two drivers that were not in on the last stint are sitting on the front fenders of the car. The, yeah, rolling really out. Sweet. Yeah, um, it, it it's yeah. And there's always just such a lot of pageantry with it, and um, you know, flyovers, just just kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, and I do have to mention poor Michael. Oh God, yeah, God, Michael, Michael, Michael. Yeah, I, I didn't even know you asked him when we were. He's like, I just Is he there? And, and I suppose you know, like the last season of that Road to Le Mans yeah. was. So for the listeners, here ago, there's Dr. Michael Fassbender, who's been in a lot of phenomenal movies. Yeah, yeah, great actor. He good stuff. He has been involved with Porsche for uh, three or four years now. He started racing in like basically the Porsche Cup um kind of on his own and then he must have kind of come to some deal with porsche and porsche started basically kind of training him to eventually be one of the bronze level drivers mm-hmm. at le mans was the goal and they have a whole web series on youtube yeah, called Road to le mans really excellent yeah. um and i watched all of them you watch all of them there it's a phenomenal series but the i thought last year was I it, thought it was when it. he went to Le Mans. I thought that was kind of the end of that partnership, but apparently he was con- he continued on and he was there this year, and it did not go on. Man, you know, and the, and then the thing that sucks about that for him is like, I remember the first time he was there, it, they had like reliability issues. Well, then he put it in a wall. He crashed. And it was in like practice. Yeah, you know, and and, and they basically had to bring in. Didn't they have to bring in a whole another chassis? 
I feel so bad for the guy because he seems like a pretty level-headed guy and, you know, like a decent human being. He's picked great acting roles. I've really yeah. enjoyed his... You know, I just feel bad for the he guy. He seems very yeah, humble. Yeah, and has a lot of humility about not being a... He's, yeah. He knows he's not an amazing driver. Yeah, and it's just that's a tough position to be in in life when it's like you're competing against the best of the best right you're you're, you're like on the playing field with it right so i i feel bad i feel bad i hope but yeah hopefully, hopefully though we'll hurt. get yeah he, i know yeah he's had a couple big crashes he he had a huge crash at the castaway yeah that was a bad and uh and um he's had a couple big this wasn't a huge crash but it was enough to basically take the car out yeah so well, you've got to feel terrible you're one of three drivers yeah, you've been it right, early right, in the race right, and right. they don't even Get their chance to drive yeah like, it's all oh. i we'll see if they make another season out of that i i do wish the guy all the best i'd love to see him be successful and and yeah. he is he has had great races and yeah uh, but boy that stings yeah yeah anyways it's uh, it was it was tough you know and i didn't know how i did that i uh, you were like is he racing and then yeah the next day i was, I was like i still don't know and then all of a sudden yeah like, Okay, he's definitely, he's definitely what he was racing. Yeah, he is really unfortunate. But I mean, the, the reality is like he's a better driver than I am by miles. But it just shows you like he here's a guy who's basically been training That's true, yeah. hard the last yeah. four or five years. Watch this and you're like, God, they really make this so pretty easy. You yeah, no idea. No, no. I mean, just <laughs> the what's incredible to me is like the the having been around a racetrack at pace. The idea that they do that for three, four hour stints or something, you know, three yeah, or four yeah, hours yeah. at a time, you know, you would figure these guys have got to look like Superman, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, somebody like, you know, someone like, uh, what, uh, Richie, where it's like <laughs> Richard Leeds, Rich, yeah. Richard Leeds, who like kind of looks like a nerdy dude. In yeah, yeah, when he got like, when he puts the glass freaking he's, he's like. One of the best factory Porsche drivers they he have. Just, he looks like a dad. Like he just yeah. he like he does whatever dad. Yeah. He's got do. he's got a little bit of a belly. <laughs> he's got the glasses, but you put him in a car and he is gone godly. Um, I love it. I do. So I love it. it was it was a really it was a great Lamar. I think it lived up. These things are it's so tough to live up to the hype, especially yeah. the hundredth anniversary. I think it lived but up even to on that. day two, right? Like you were watching because you're like it was compelling. Yep. Yeah, this could still go either way. Well, you and, know, and that's and that's not often the case with that. No, like, and overnight sometimes it's like declares itself. Yeah, like, but I mean that that's the beauty of racing is like you never know. Like famously, I think it was 2017 or something like that. Toyota, literally on the last lap of the race, they've been leading the entire race. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, the car <laughs> halfway through the last lap, the car dies. And not only do they you not win, they don't even get a podium because they can't, can't get the car crossed. You can't make that stuff up. So literally until the car crossed the finish line, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, life is... Um, so it's just the inherent drama of racing. <laughs> so, you know, I I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for our IMSA race at Road America. Yeah. I'm excited for Le Mans next year. Honestly, I've been following... I don't watch them live, but I'm watching like the YouTube highlights from the Solar Spa. Yeah, you know, exactly. stuff like that. That yeah. is, it's kind of gotten me more interested. For sure. Well, in 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 relative terms compared to F1, it's kind of been the more interesting racing. Yeah, and and, and we did want to talk about that. We've you know, we haven't been recapping the race by race, and and we don't intend to do that today. But we did kind of want to talk about kind of our thoughts on 
what the seasons has kind of been like to, yeah. to watch. You know, I, I yeah. certainly, I mean, you know, have I mean, my thoughts. <laughs> I think at this point, you know, Red Bull just is a dominant force. Yeah. And, and kind of irritatingly so back to where Mercedes was before this transition. Yeah. Where a lot of the races are seemingly pretty processional. Foregone conclusion. Uh, well, I mean, this past weekend at the Red Bull ring in yeah. Austria, you had Max wins. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of time to pit. Yeah, on the last lap to get to get new tires, fastest lap. Yeah, I mean, they had a point. Well, he like, he got he won this, so they had the yeah, sprint the race. Sprint, yeah. So he won sprint. He was number one in sprint qualifying. Won the sprint race. Number one in qualifying. Won the race. <laughs> led basically every lap, I believe. Yeah. So at a certain point, it's like he actually didn't. He he did lose that. There was this big streak he had going where he led every race but he did pit and so oh uh, he's finally took over for a little bit oh you're right charles was in front for a little yeah. bit yeah but um now that being said you know mercedes has made improvements but they're not there yet mclaren was a little bit faster but, but they they're even. looking better lando's always done really well at that track though yeah you know? so that track. it'll be interesting to see um where where that shakes out but, you know uh, but but even you know, Max is Max. I, I don't like the guy, but he is yeah an un ungodly yeah. talent. So I, I yeah. respect that. The guy's good. He's kind of like kind of an asshole. But... I think it shows you like Checo, who had to start kind of lower down in the pack. Yeah. Um, because of qualifying issue. Yeah, they he, were just he ended up with that white line, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Track limits violation. Not messing around. They handed out a ton of penalty. But it, it showed. <laughs> yeah. You know, even he, and he's a great driver. But he's not Max, and even he very easily made his way through the field. Yeah, to get that's a, they got a great car. Um, you kind of wonder, like, are we going to find out like a Ferrari thing where it's like, uh, yeah, there's some a little shenanigans going on. It's tough because that that car is so dominant that is it aerodynamics? Is it the engine? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they there's some secrets there's something there. <laughs> adrian knew he has figured something out with yeah. the design of that car i was talking to my buddy gene and i bet they i i bet they hold that oh yeah it's like yeah 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 you know the family's dirty seat yeah yeah <laughs> like that does not like the coca-cola <laughs> recipe yeah, yeah it does not come out no the my buddy uh eugene we were kind of talking back and forth and and i think we we both agreed that we're kind of at least I'm convinced, short of an accident, Red Bull, because they haven't showed any mechanical yeah, reliability yeah. issues, I don't think they lose a race. Yeah, they're they're easily the constructor champions. They're going to be constructor champions two thirds of the yeah, way through the season. It's going to be crazy. Kind of too bad, you know. You but it, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm watching it, but I'm not as like excited. The real shame is yeah, if, if the if they weren't so dominant. The mid-pack racing is really that's tough. true i mean Those if you can are all it's kind of like the years before this and it's like we did all these rules and everything to try to make it more competitive but mm -hmm. we just flipped who's at the at, the, at top. the top that being said if you just kind of ignore what's going on at the top and look at the mid-pack you do see some good racing yeah you know and, and that's what i've kind of had to do with the races is it just mentally say okay max is going to be yeah, out, out by 25 seconds so what else is happening? And then you get some fun racing, like Lando had a had some nice overtakes. Yeah, you know, Stroll and and yeah and Fernando were were 
you know, uh, yeah. at one point. But honestly, like the best racing comes when, you know, Max or Sergio gets a massive penalty or takes a new power plant. Yeah, because they're back yeah. in 16th. And yeah. Like, well, maybe you, they you, won't make it all the way through yeah. the field. And <laughs> then they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And we've got Silverstone, I think, this week. Yeah. So that's. Honestly, that's another track that's going to play to their for the Red Bulls. So I think bad. I think any of these, any of the the Bass, big yeah. fast Formula One tracks, like yeah, dedicated like a, a Circuit of the Americas type play, yeah. is going to be <laughs> know, Red Bull. All day. <laughs> you need you need the interesting like city circuit. And yeah, once again, um, who was it? Signs is calling strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to come in? No, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, well, they, he just didn't even explain it. He's they, just like, that's the stupid. Well, they thing. double stack him on a pit stop, and, and he comes in and he's on the team radio, like, why are we stopping? Like, why are we stopping? It's so bad. I mean, honestly, it's clearly a very different crew running the F1 operation than the From, operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they have not gotten that strategy quite figured out. Yeah. But it, it, it is really interesting because, you know, I I love seeing I was thinking about how and it probably has to do with how I whether I like or dislike the guy, I'm sure. But seeing greatness, you know, like I loved watching Michael Jordan play. I yeah. loved watching Tiger Woods play golf. Yeah. Even if it made it kind of boring. Yeah. In terms of competition. Or sometimes irritating like Tom Brady. Yeah, or irritating like Tom Brady. <laughs> but but you still you know, it was still very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess I guess the yeah, Max is like the Tom Brady of F one for me, yeah. where it's like I understand how good he is, but it's still very annoying. Yeah. He I mean the yeah, it's kinda like the guy's just not humble about it in any way. Yeah. And uh and Christian Horner, as you've put it pretty much perfectly is just kind of insufferable yeah but mm-hmm. and so the combination of that team yeah that's what you like there's like, not much likability like, on this is a good guy he's a nice yeah. guy he's doing good things in the world yeah Hodo's like a good team principal yeah. like george a, is likable yeah like a balanced team principal um mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of like you just want to see different people at the top mm-hmm. and when it's the same people all the time even if they're nice guys, you get sick of them, but it's a lot quicker to get sick of people who people are, are you know, douches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> outside of Checo. Yes, I know. No one, the one guy. There's no one really likable on the Red Bull. That's what I said. Helmut Marco's nasty. Like, they're all. I know. The thing, with, the thing with Max is I. Once he gets so put off when any little thing goes yeah. awry yeah. that I think. It will be really interesting to see, like, whatever it is, when the next round of yeah. regulations changes yeah. come in. Eventually. If Nui doesn't nail that car, and yeah. maybe they're struggling to get into fourth or something, he is going to have a meltdown. It was, it was kind of funny, though. Like, Lewis, he was not. He was just like... <laughs> you felt attacked over these track limits. Oh yeah, they, he was the first that got the penalty. Yeah, and I remember he kept coming on the radio, and finally... You know what's his name? Uh, Toto gets on. He's like said something like, "We know the car. We know the car's bad, Lewis. Everyone car. in front of you is getting the penalty to drive the car." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Toto was kind of done and, with it. And 
Oh, and that's kind of like sometimes where the team principal's got to step in and say, like, you know, at this point, he probably recognizes a team principal that those comments over and over again really are not kill team morale. morale. Yeah. And so, like, you know, what you need to do is zip your mouth, do your job, do your job, just drive the car. And then afterward, you know, say the diplomatic thing, like, you know, we're, we're pulling together as a team. I'm seeing good inroads. You know, we yeah. did this right today. Yeah. But in the moment, I, I get that when um, I get the frustration. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, everybody, like you said, that track also is notorious. Apparently, that turn ten, the exit of turn ten, yeah, just is like pushes. It pushes everybody. Pushes you off. It's a high speed down. They're coming off a long downhill, and yeah. it just pushes people wide. That it, yeah. it understeers or whatever, and, and a big ass bumble strips yeah. there. So you don't, you know, you don't want to ride them. Yeah. So, <laughs> but everybody, it was funny. Like, <laughs> I guess McLaren, the uh, Lando, the yeah. engineer, yeah, yeah, yeah told them yeah. like. Hey, you know, report any track limits violations you see. Basically, like, snitch on your fellow driver. Yeah, yeah. He and said it to he said it about Lewis. Yeah. And Lando's like, he's off at every corner. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I, w- I wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. I I like Lando. He, he cracks me up. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for Silverstone. I've just had to reframe my yeah. mindset when watching these races like i know who's gonna be first so let's be interested in who gets yeah second, third I think that's smart. what kind yeah. of craziness happens yeah um and that's kind of my approach to it um but that's not the only interesting motorsport we've had nascar kind of switched yeah up yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah 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 and and honestly i was was reading in the road and track article that i kind of caught my eye because i didn't even this i'm just so busy right now like it doesn't always things don't always come across my radar yeah but i didn't realize they were doing this until i ran across it i had yeah. heard some couple rumblings yeah that. so now anyways they were like for the first time put on a race on the streets of chicago yep including and, going right down like the gold coast yeah and yeah incredible yeah yeah and remind me like what they're doing in vegas with the f1 well and that's what they said in this article is like they they recognize that i think they're basically jealous of formula one success right yeah like taking off and threatened by it like not like u.s nascar has never really had much success outside the u.s they went actually to le mans with some nascar cars yeah they did in the 70s and tried to gin up uh excitement they went back this year with the Garage 57 yep. car, yep. this really badass Camaro that everybody yep. loved, and actually finished. It yeah. did reasonably well. Um, but they've really struggled to get excitement about NASCAR outside the U.S. So now you have this international motorsport that is gaining popularity in the yes, U.S. Exactly. And they're battling for eyeballs. So, yeah, I, I think I think they're jealous and a little bit threatened. Yeah, yeah. And so they cooked this up which has been in the planning stages for a long time. And I kind of like was reading the article in the beginning and was like, this is just a descent into chaos with all the rain. And yeah, everybody's going to walk away from this being like, this was a this disastrous was a idea. Shit show. We can't ever do this again. Right. And then when they finally got the race going, it was like, this is fantastic. Super fun racing. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. People think that these cars don't really handle it all because they just go around big ovals. But they do road courses yeah. and they actually do handle yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they're, it's extremely impressive. I'm always, we were talking a little bit for the podcast, right? I, I find in F1 as well, 
any sort of road circuit is so much more interesting to me because there's context, right? Like, oh, yeah. you put a car on Silverstone, and it looks very fast, but it's just a huge track, massive yeah. runoff everywhere. Yeah, There's something about seeing a car yeah. five centimeters from the guardrail, and then next to the guardrail is a hotel <laughs> that is, like, in Monaco, that yeah, yeah, yeah. is just inherently compelling <laughs> and, and <laughs> makes it seem even crazier. And even the best of them, I mean, you got 71 laps, you touch that wall. Yep. On lap sixty eight. Could yep. be all over. So. Yep. Yeah, no, I I I I watched the highlights. Um because I, I'm not a NASCAR fan. I've not yeah. I don't even watch the Daytona five hundred, which is when know, I was in like middle school, school, I was like a really big NASCAR fan. Oh really? Funny enough, yeah. I don't know. It's just my friend group were really yeah, big we're into it. it. So I watched it quite a bit back then, but I, I think it could I see I certainly see the appeal from um the drivers have interesting personalities. Yep. A lot of them yep. are not very, you know, the F1 drivers are very, you can tell they've been very polished throughout their yeah, exactly. up the formula ranks about here's how you do PR. Here's yeah. how you talk to the media, the NASCAR guys. It's like, they're coming off a dirt oval in North Carolina <laughs> I know. and they have not been no PR. Yeah. <laughs> they're not getting PR training. <laughs> and so I think that's been, I, I get that it's interesting from that standpoint. <laughs> I think NASCAR also, they've realized that, you know, one of the things that was really cool to me about older NASCAR is back in the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s, the cars looked like what you could go in and buy at the dealership. That's true. Yeah. You go in and buy a, you know, a Superbird. Well, that's the yeah, car that raced yeah, Daytona. Pretty cool, yeah. But now, you know, their, their car of the future which they have to do this stuff for safety and, and that's good. You know, obviously we don't want people getting yeah. grievously injured or killed, but the cars kind of all look the same. They just slap Camry or Malibu or whatever on the side of it to differentiate them. But NASCAR has said that they're wanting to get back more towards building, having the teams have cars that are representative of, Great. you know, this is a Chevy Impala because, and Great. it looks yeah. more like the showroom car. Yeah, because, I mean, otherwise, without that, I think you can, you know, really talk about the death knell for sedans or sports cars. Oh, yeah. If you sure. can't even buy the damn thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I think it, 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 those sorts of things, I think, would get me more interested in NASCAR and doing stuff like this. They did this. They've done a race inside the LA Coliseum. Yeah. Which is <laughs> insane. But also, yeah. but I've heard it was very, very fun, too. Um, so, I do respect NASCAR for trying to switch it up and realizing like we can't just rely on, you know, yeah. our, our, our one little fan base. We've got yeah. to expand it for yeah. to survive. You know, yeah. they've got these massive tracks that hold 150,000, 200,000 people, you know, you need fans to fill up yeah. those seats. So, yeah. um, so that was, that was a pretty, pretty cool, um, Stand innovation and, yeah. and hopefully they, they bring it back next year. I'm sure they will. I mean, it was, by all accounts, it was incredibly successful in the ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they were saying. Viewership was wonderful. It was apparently one of the most um, most watched, if not the most watched, sports program yeah. of the I weekend. Mean, like, you, you know, you just I based on that, I just there's going to be more of that. I hope there's more that, of that. I mean, it yeah. got my attention. I almost like want to go back and watch the whole thing now. Yeah, they've. You know, I think I think that will when when the NASCAR leadership, Bill France, and and their executives see those numbers they're, they're going to say 
what's the next place we can do yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like, yeah. What other cities are going to last? Maybe it'll be, you know, maybe it'll be Las Vegas. I could imagine Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, heart of the, one yeah. of the hearts of the South, you know, yeah. places like that. Um, Birmingham. Yeah. You know, wherever. Um, I think, I think, I think they should was, do it in places that. So that was an interesting part of the, you'll have to take a look at that article, but the road and track article was talking about like, you, like you just said, I mean, that is the kind of political gravity well of NASCAR. And, yeah. and the point of all of this was to begin to expand that yeah. beyond just that fan base. And that is why they specifically looked at Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, I think, Which you know, I think they, and it was very experimental. They had the couple bands there, mm-hmm. you know. They're trying to make like a whole fan experience. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think like, I think the honest to God truth, and that's kind of what they, the guy was saying in the article, it's like, if you've got some great racing, you don't need the bands. Mm-hmm. Like, people were cutting holes in fences to take a look so they could oh, yeah. watch. They were, you know, kids were getting put up on dad's shoulders so they could yeah. see over the barricade and yeah, see yeah. what's going on. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, like you and I, we've talked about good luck getting our wives to some of this stuff but mm-hmm. but so maybe if there was some experience yeah but i but i honestly god think even like my wife like she'll check out the races when the racing's good it's fun yeah. to watch like yeah. it just is fundamentally fun to watch yeah like any kind of sports like, maybe maybe we can just negotiate with the wives that we go down for the weekend it's just chicago <laughs> yeah yeah honestly yeah. i kind of like hell if i could get time off to go do something like that i'd have loved to see yeah. that I mean, it would have been miserable with the rain and just, yeah, but it really like it added like a element to chaos and Mm -hmm. just (laughs) really was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad they're kind of NASCAR knows that they can't, you know, currently they're, um, I think both within our country and with, and internationally people conflate. NASCAR with yeah. right wing exactly you know yeah country yeah. boys and the and the not problem. unfairly either yeah no no shit this was a this was a sport that evolved from moonshine runners yeah. so I mean we <laughs> yeah. it's not an unfair yeah. reputation yeah, yeah. but NASCAR knows that if we're gonna survive and and thrive we've got to have a broader appeal yeah. than that we want to make real money we need to appeal to a broader audience yeah, yeah. and their numbers have been going down yeah, exactly they're hated exactly. so yeah um so last thing non-motorsport related yeah yeah but we kind of thought about i think we teased at the end of the last episode yeah maybe um you yeah we did so you sent me an article this week yeah that talked a little bit about so the macan ev is coming and they basically was supposed to i think like it was supposed to be be all ev yeah this summer 24 four or something I, I think it's supposed to be 2023 this soon really okay and then the software shenanigans which are very typical yeah. of volkswagen they you know, yeah. shit the bet on that had to delay it another year year and a half and it's but you're right there the plan was to convert it to all ev yeah and i don't know like i which, didn't find this i couldn't find this article i don't yeah. know where you read it but do you yeah so um this was this was actually a um these were statements from uh porsche's ceo um and i forget who he made them to but 
we had talked before about Makani view is going to be huge for Porsche because the Macan is their biggest selling car and it's not even close. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a bold move to say we're going to take our number one selling car and now it's only going to be available. I think so. I thought that out electric too. Yeah. And, and so the um, Porsche CEO came out this past week and basically has said that due to consumer uh, customer feedback, they are going to kind of back off those plans a little bit to do a only a, a battery only Macan. And it sounds like maybe they're now going to have a high uh, a, a Macan EV, but they're still going to have internal combustion Macans for sale concurrently. Yeah, exactly. Um, and interestingly, you know, I, you know, Tycons have sold really well. It sounds like overall, yeah, and like relative terms, like if you compare them to Panameras and Nine Eleven, right. they sell well. But I think there's been a lot of, according to the CEO, the customer feedback has been, at least in the U.S., the infrastructure is not there. Bingo. And so we, you know. It's one thing if you have a, a Tycon or or something that you're using as just your re- regular commuter yeah, car. Yeah. But for a lot of people, when they buy a Macan, that's their that's yeah. their we're going for a, a long trip. Yeah, we got we, know, we have to rely. We need rain. We need to. It's the family car. It has to get everywhere and do everything. And so, having that be a full battery EV is a little nerve wracking to some people. I think. I think so, and and I'm glad they listened to the feedback people were giving because the the charging infrastructure is not even close to there it's just not there yet and you know? and there's a lot of i mean recent weeks there's been a lot of uh a lot of talk within the ev community i'm sure you've oh, yeah, yeah. i have about ford uh yeah. who else going? so GM. a number of ford a number oh, of manufacturers boy. are switching to the tesla yeah, charging Charger. port. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Ford, GM, Volvo, which actually makes a lot of sense because the CCS port, which is the standardized one. I mean, someone was like, "Can you imagine your grandma manhandling this thing? It's like a yeah. foot by freaking four inches wide with a huge cable." Where the yeah the Tesla thing is not too far off from a gas nozzle. Yeah. Right. And so like they did that actually made a lot of sense. I'm sure. You know, there's they're gonna have to pay some money to, to do that, but yeah. So that's where it gets interesting to me is the apparently in Europe, where um, non Teslas have been able to charge at Tesla supercharging networks for a while now. The way what Tesla's done is basically made it so that charging your car to Tesla charger, if you don't own a Tesla, is as expensive or more expensive than gasoline and that's probably like from my i mean i guess i'm a homeowner so i've got a garage and i've got my own charging Mm -hmm. and so like from my perspective i only interact with public charging like super rarely yeah right and and Mm -hmm. all i ask for when i'm interacting with it is it's reliable Mm -hmm. and it's available Mm -hmm. and beyond that i don't freaking care if it's what the, as expensive as gas or even yeah. more expensive i just want that crap yeah. to work yeah well i'll save my money charging off hours overnight at home 
yeah you know and bank bank the funds i just need right. that stuff to work when i'm like when you do need hustling it. on a road trip right yeah and that's <clears throat> but i think it it mean one it made me think i should buy a stock in tesla because if all these manufacturers are now basically going to go to kind of tesla standard and tesla does the same yeah. thing in the u.s yeah and all of a sudden you're you know you're a mocky mustang mocky it's a better design just like like i won't argue fundamentally mm-hmm. it's yeah. a much better design um you know when they put in their supercharging stations they break ground they get them built they put them in and they're done you know yeah. ea there's some in the you know twin cities that they've been under construction feels like half a year yeah and it's like right. It's just dawdling. It's basically like this like company that was created out of a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know that they really care, give a crap about the product. Whereas Tesla, <clears throat> they have for as much as, you know, I find Elon very irritating. Yeah. And will never purchase one of those cars. Like he he definitely busts balls and makes well, sure stuff works. It has to work. He fundamentally understands well, the health of that company is dependent yeah, people on. well people are buying stock in tesla they're not buying stock in electrify america oh god you know so god, like no you, <laughs> i mean but that's just to say that like they they have to put out a very good yeah. product so that people so that the business can grow yeah there's not that drive from and it's and it's very it's very odd to me because it's like obviously gas stations have been around for a long time like we have energy infrastructure that handles very high electrical loads that isn't blowing up or not working like most all year the the power to my house is on right aside from a very rare few instances right yeah so like why can't you guys figure that out yeah Jeez, it's not like we're I know. reinventing the freaking wheel well and beyond stuff even even more than that like just the amount of times i've amount of stories i've heard of people they can't get their credit card to work and it's, it's like this stupid stuff the credit card reader on the freaking vending machine at work works like, like, exactly, like we can't, we can't yeah. do this out the one of my hairstyles place works just fine <laughs> no you, you guys you can literally plug you can literally plug a little adapt <laughs> A little thing into your iphone and swipe and it, will, card and it will work yeah so <laughs> you know i think there's a lot of advantages yeah. coming from that but so there's a lot of upheaval and evolution happening in yeah. the ev market um which brings us to your next yeah so <laughs> yeah so basically you know we we've talked a lot about the 911t which um i think i have like 800 miles on now so i'm about halfway to break in break in yeah to being you know being able to rev it all the way Mm -hmm. um we you know focused on that but when i decided to dump the tycon back in january which in hindsight was actually like a pretty Pretty good time time to do it i probably should have done it before Mm -hmm. then but i i did actually really like the car i was you know dumping that with a plan to kind of split hairs Mm -hmm. and what i realized in owning that was like trying to ask a car to do everything all in one is kind of a tall order yeah i don't know that it's quite possible maybe it is if you're like getting like maybe some kind of super high performance panamera version but but still i don't think it is it's really hard those are still really heavy it's really hard to, to do everything very well so i kind of like had my come to jesus moment with that and realized 
you know, going fast. I'm not saying that's not a great cornering car because you've you've driven. It's impressive. It's yeah. Very impressive. Like, but going fast in a straight line, like, you know, and and having all this excess horsepower in a place of the country where I don't have tracks, I don't have drag strips. Like, I can't really use it. Yeah. And I'm like the only guy in town with this car. So if I'm Mm-hmm. driving downtown launching from yeah stop like they all know who, it is. They know who the asshole yeah. is doing that yeah. so i kind of just decided i needed to <clears throat> split those things into two and so i said you know what they've been building this 911 for how many god years yeah been that. <clears throat> 60 years now maybe well lady so mid 60s yeah. so yeah yeah 60 some years. people rave about it it's great. So I decided I'm going to buy one of those. And then I looked at my Tycon and said, this is an amazing car for daily driving. Yeah. And I refuse to buy a Tesla. Mm-hmm. not going to buy a Ford. And I just am not super interested in regardless in owning a, an SUV as a daily driver. Like it's yeah. just, I've kind of founded my whole life on not doing that. Not, yeah, yeah. I don't care what my wife drives, but I'm yeah. not driving. <laughs> You know, because I basically all the cars I love, I've just seen kind of die and deteriorate mm-hmm. over time. The, the sedans have gone away and sports cars have gone away. Yeah. And so I went on the list. We're having this horrible convergence to cross Basically, SUVs, basically. Yeah. And it's like, so I went on the list at the same time to get a cross Turismo. Yeah. Because now I've got little kids. Um, this is going to replace my truck that I've got for the winter. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's it's going to see full duty cycles in the fall, winter, just all. It's just going to drive in the shit. Most yeah, of the time. right. And so, which I, is a perfect I, car for. And that. that's what I said. You know, I, I honestly I agree with you. I fundamentally agree with you. I would love to have bought the Sport Turismo. Mm-hmm. That's a cool, very cool looking low slung wagon. Yeah. Like, how sweet is that? Yeah. But I actually have to drive it in the winter. Yeah. So I the I, extra little bit of ground clearance. The ground clearance. The you know, the one that I spec has um off-road package, so it's got all this battle armor the cladding, yeah. on the lower part of mm-hmm. it. And I, it's like perfect. Yeah. Cause I don't I don't like live dramatically far out of town, but yeah, I've got like a little bit of a drive to get into town and uh it's usually a mess mm-hmm. in the winter. But that's my car. That's gonna be my daily driver. Yeah. So it's heavy all wheel <laughs> drive, has these oh, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know if you ever took time. I don't remember if I can't sent you a link to this, but um, I sent you a link to Harry's Garage episode yeah. with the Cross Turismo, and it was really wild because he took it back out onto his farm mm-hmm. on like the steepest hill, and yeah. he was just flabbergasted by it. Yeah, he's like the Land Rover couldn't even get up this hill. Mm-hmm. He drove it up and down it, and on the way down. He pumped the brakes and you could see the analog brakes couldn't lock and so mm-hmm. it just rolled down the hill. Yeah. But on the way up, he went halfway up that hill, stopped, and, and then, then he started again. again. Yeah. Had no problem. Yeah. So he he was like like blown away by the magic I mean, that they'd done with that car. That's that's <laughs> what I mean, the the fact that you know you've got this incredibly advanced traction control system that can literally like Precise of a millisecond yeah. adjust yeah. incrementally or to different yeah. tire, different wheels. And I mean, it, it's, it is, I think, 
I've told you this, like, it's a phenomenal, I have no doubt it's going to be a phenomenal year-round color. Like, yeah, because it, it'll be great in rain, it'll be great in yeah. snow, it'll be great yeah. in sludge. Yeah, you know? it's going to, I christened it the winter war machine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, <laughs> no, I really, I really like the, uh, the spec that you, you went with. Um, yeah, yeah. Because good. it's going to be a really, it's a really cool color. I think it'll actually wear a little bit of dirt pretty well. Yeah, it's Neptune blue, so it's kind of like the um, kind of like the tea in that it's non-metallic color, just kind of glossy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else is basically kind of black or satin black. Um, so I think it's going to be like very usable color, uh, very you know nice contrasting uh, accents to it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the Cross Turismo Four, so it's kind of the entry level yeah um, because which like, we kind of talked about like you spend a bunch of money on a car like you did with your turbo and then it kind of hurts to use it in a way where it might get scratched might yeah get and i didn't want to yeah exactly i didn't want to garage clean this like i expect my wife will be driving this thing we'll yeah be taking kids so it should well, be and you like, a really fun and you mentioned before she didn't want to drive the turbo because it was yeah. worth a lot of money and yeah it had the mission was, wheels which are gorgeous but not get one scratch on them it's yeah, not gonna be yeah. good so now she's not gonna be hopefully hesitant to drive yeah and i and actually i held on to my set of winter wheels mm-hmm. and tires from the turbo yeah um that'll fit on this so we can just you know yeah mostly switch over to that and so. this has arrived at the port in houston yes yeah, so it is a it is at port houston so now it's just a matter of getting it out of there up to the dealership so I'm hoping maybe by the end of the month, yeah, we'll be able to do an episode where yeah. you'll be coming up, yeah, for another one, <laughs> another another handover, and um, we were actually talking about before we started recording, maybe take whether we were going to take that for yeah. a key out to the IMSA race. Yeah, if I haven't hit my break-in miles, maybe we'll just take that out and yeah, seal the deal, knock it out, get that done. Yeah, but the thing is, one of the cool things is you think about the cross trism; it doesn't actually make a lot of like an oddity but mm-hmm. when you actually look at porsche's history with like the rally races the dakar mm-hmm. the safaris yep. Yep. it's like it actually starts to make sense that they built this car yeah well and i know you and yeah you know dave and like, yeah. are doing these cars and i've kind of like this is like a similar mm-hmm. car for me this is like, your safari wagon in, in, in essence yeah yeah and I think it's cool that it's like a wagon. Yeah. Like that's no, going to be a lot of fun um, I, just because it's an oddity. Yeah. I love that she got a <laughs> wagon because I'm really, I I hope that wagons make a bit of a comeback with us versus us yeah. at some yeah. point. And, and I just, I like the idea of like a fast wagon. I, I, I've always liked that. So I think it's the super, wagon. it's very cool. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see it because I've seen the spec online and i think it'll it looks awesome yeah i think so it'll turn out really really nice yeah so that'll be fun to see we're kind of joking the next episode might be after we picked up that car we'll have to see um but uh we we really appreciate you guys listening as always um we will be sure to let you know when the next episode is coming out in the meantime check us out the blowfeld podcast on instagram uh hit us up with any questions comments And uh, we look forward to uh, speaking uh, with you guys again in, in a few weeks.